Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with our very good friends, Evangelist Jose and Angela Vargas. They're ministering a message entitled, Clap and Shout Your Victory. Enjoy this message. some stuff. I want to honor amen the man and woman in this house amen. Pastor Omar and Pastor Letty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much for the opportunity for opening your doors to your network. Amen. For us. And it is, amen, it is definitely an honor uh, amen to have my apostle. Amen. My spiritual father and mother come on. Been with them for almost 23 years. Amen. Come on. So, um, I love you guys. God bless you. Come on. Wait, let, let me just drop this word real quick. I mean, you may be seated. I'm going to drop this word real quick, and then we're going to get back up here. Come on. And we're going to pray and prophesy. You guys just stay right up where you're at. Come on. Amen. Come on. Y'all got a bomb worship team, man. Come on. Give it up for your worship team. Hallelujah. The book of Psalms, chapter 47, verse number one. I'm going to read it in three different translations. If I could, real quick. Uh, amen. Come on. Um, the new king james puts it like this oh clap your hands all you peoples shout to god with the voice of triumph the passion says it like this go ahead and celebrate come on and clap your hands everyone shout to god with the raucous sounds of joy i love the message the message puts it like this applause everyone bravo bravissimo shout shout god songs at the top of your lungs. I mean, for the next few moments, I just want to minister on this thought entitled simply this, clap and shout your victory. I mean, I don't know what it is that you're going through on this morning or on this evening. I don't know what's what's happening. I understand what is happening in our world. I understand what is happening in our nation. I understand what is happening in our country, in our state, and even in our city. I understand that. As my pastor began to speak about this on on, on today, about not, not, not coming to the house of God, there's something that happens when you corporately praise God. Come on, there's something that happens. Uh, come on, when two or three believers, uh, come on, that have gone through some stuff in their lives, uh, that have gone through some mess, uh, come on, put their hands together and say, I'm going to shout uh, my victory. I don't have to wait uh, until the victory is done uh, because I already know that I am already victorious. And I'm going to get to this real quick. Uh, and then Gideon, uh, the book of Judges, chapter number 7, verses 20 through 22. You can read it later on. I'm not going to get into, in, in, into the reading part of it. But, but here's, here's Gideon broke up his team uh, into three groups of 100. Uh, and the Bible says that when, when, when they blew the trumpet, uh, they blew the trumpet and they threw down. Uh, and then the, uh, they broke the pitchers. Uh, the pitchers, which is the fire, represents uh, the Spirit of God. Uh, amen. But the trumpet represents a, a praise or a sound. I'm going to go somewhere with the sound stuff. Just let me lay this foundation. And the Bible says, uh, I mean, towards the end of it, uh, they, they cried out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and 
cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to all these places that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Amen. They're somewhere over there in that area. As far as the border of that place there. And they went there. Amen. So here's Gideon. He understood. Listen, the torture and the trumpet. There's something about when we get the spirit of God. Amen. Along with worship, your situation can change. Come on, your situation can change. I really, listen, I'm not trying to belittle your problem. I'm not trying to belittle what's going on in your life. I know this, and I serve a God that is bigger than any problem. I serve a God that is bigger than any situation. I serve a God that is bigger than any trial. I serve a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he can help Gideon, come on, get out and worship in the midst of the enemy coming against him. That doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Doesn't matter what's going on in your problem. Doesn't matter what's going on in your situation. Your worship is going to bring forth liberty. Your worship is going to bring forth a breakthrough. Come on, if we have any folk in here that have gone through some stuff, come on and praise has brought you out. Come on, praise has been your breakthrough. Praise has been your deliverance. Listen, I understand my calling. I understand. I mean, but here's Jehoshaphat. He arranged worshipers in particular places. Come on, when he had those other armies that were coming against him, Jehoshaphat realized, I need to get some worshipers. I need to get some folk that could bring in the presence of God. I can't sing. I can't hold a note if you put it in my hand. It will jump out. I understand this. But Jehoshaphat said, I need some Omars. I need some Pastor Lettys. I need some Pastor Esthers. I mean, I need some folk that know how to get in into the throne of God. I need some folk that can bring heaven down. I need some folk to worship. And you guys go before me. You guys just worship. Set the atmosphere. Could you imagine this? I served eight years in the United States Marine Corps. And when I got into the Marine Corps, I was issued an M16A2 service rifle. That rifle was going to be my choice of weapon that I would have to defend myself against the enemy as they came. Could you imagine this? You just listen to the Israeli army and they give you a symbol. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, well, you come in and say, all right, well, you know, you don't get a sword. I mean, we're going to give you, amen, a, a triangle. And when we're about to go to war, you're going to go first. Here's your trumpet. Hey, man, come on. I'm going to issue your trumpet. Hey, man, it's brass. It's nice. Clean. Keep it nice and loud. Hey, man, come on. Keep it looking good. Because at any moment, you're going to have to blow that trumpet. At any moment, you're going to have to release a sound. Could you imagine this? And now here's Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat saying, come on. I mean, let me gather some worshipers. Let me gather some folk that are going to sing. Why do you think we sing before we bring forth the message? Come on. It ain't just to take up some time. It ain't just to, you know, uh, uh, sit around and come on just because they sound good or to entertain you. No, no. The Bible says that God inhabits in the praises of his people. Come on. There's power in your, in your praise. 
Here's my question to you tonight. If God dwells in your praise and God dwells in your worship in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of everything that you're going through, then what are you making for him to dwell in? Are you building a shack or are you building a cathedral? Because if you've gotten going through a little bit of hell, then you could give him a little bit of praise. But if you're going through a whole lot of hell, then you ought to give him a whole lot of praise. There ought to be something on the inside of you that says, can't nothing stop my praise. So Jehoshaphat gets all the worshipers. Listen, and they go in there. And the Bible says that the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. And they were all defeated. See, David worshipped in the wilderness before he worshipped in the courtyard of the kingdom. You got to understand this. Watch this. That David understood the power of praise. David understood, come on, the power of worship. It was when they were bringing back the Ark of the Covenant from Obadiah's house. That David danced before the Lord. David didn't wait for the Ark of the Covenant to get into the house. But David saw it from afar. He saw it from a distance. He said, the Ark... It's on its way back home. I'm getting ready to get my praise on now. I'm not going to wait until it gets here. See, a lot of us are waiting for the miracle to happen. A lot of us are waiting for the breakthrough to happen. A lot of us are waiting, come on, for that to happen. But you ought to praise God because it is already done. You ought to praise God because your miracle. You ought to praise God because you're healing. You ought to praise God because you're not family members. Come on, your unsafe friends are getting ready to come to the Lord because of your praise, because of your worship. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, but I'm going to worship in advance. See, praise causes you to get out of yourself. It causes you to get out of your trials. It allows his spirit to dwell there. God inhabits in the praises of his people. Psalms 22. Amen. It says, but you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get ready to close right now. There's a difference between sound and noise. See, noise is loud or unpleasant or something that causes disturbance. For any musician up here knows, come on, noise, you can make some noise. Come on, and it's just, that's what it is. A bunch of clatter, a bunch of clunk, clunk, this and that. And the problem, watch this, is we've allowed the noise to be louder than the sound. We've allowed what is going on in our community to be louder than what God is really wanting to do. We've allowed uh, the noise uh, of our government uh, to be louder than the noise of, of heaven. Uh, listen, there's a sound. Watch this. Uh, there's a sound that is coming from heaven. Sound is harmonious. Uh, come on, there's a pleasant sound. There's something pleasant. Uh, come on, when you get into sound. Uh, and the problem is that the church, uh, come on, listen to me, has allowed the noise to get louder. How do I know that? Uh, because we've allowed society to tell us what is right and what is wrong. We've allowed society to tell our children if they are male or if they are female. We've allowed society to tell us what marriage is. When God told us marriage is between a man and a woman. If you look down and you got this and you're a man. If you 
got that, then you're a woman. But we've allowed society, the noise, to be louder than the sound. But I come to declare and decree this evening, come on, that the sound of heaven is getting ready to rise in this place once again. The sound of heaven is getting ready to bring forth some deliverance in the atmosphere. The sound of heaven is getting ready to open up some jail cells. The sound of heaven is getting ready, come on, to make a change in this place. The word shout in our text. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. That word shout in the in the Greek is the word ruah, R-U-W-A. And it's simply this, a primit, a primitive root to mar, especially by breaking. Figuratively, to split the ears with sound. An example, shout for alarms or joy. Blow an alarm, cry an alarm aloud, out, destroy. Make a joyful noise, smart, shout for joy, sound an alarm. So what the psalmist was saying in Psalms chapter 47, verse number one, it says, clap your hands, all ye people, and let your shout split the ear of your enemy. Come on, let the... Let your shout, uh, come on, split the ear and bring confusion uh, to your enemy. The psalmist was saying, uh, come on, your shout, uh, your praise, uh, come on, your sound should be louder than the noise. There is a, the book of Acts chapter number two, verses one and two. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There is a city in Colorado that has an Air Force base. And on this Air Force base, the fighter pilots and the planes would take off and land and take off and land and take off and land day after day, hour after hour and the people in the community started getting upset and getting mad because every time the pilot, every time the planes would land and take off it would wake up the babies come on, the, the dogs would begin to bark uh, the, 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 the houses would begin to shake so, 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 so they went to um, what is that thing called? Housing authority? Something like, what is it? Home association. Foul things right there. Home association. And they went to them. And they told them. Listen, and they told the home association. Listen, listen. every time these pilots or these, these planes take off, our houses are shaking. Our children are being awoken by this in the middle of the night. In the daytime, our dogs are barking. So the home association wrote a letter to the CG, the commanding general of the basin. So the commanding general told all the pilots what was going on. So the next day, all the pilots and their families made signs. And they put the signs facing outside of the community of this city. And the signs simply said this. This is the sound of freedom. This is the sound of freedom. Over 2,000 years ago when Jesus said, it is finished. There was a sound that was released in the heavens that you don't have to be bound in your sin no more. You don't have to be bound.
jazz or funkier than make a sound. Come on, louder than your situation. I wish I had some funk in here that would make a sound. Come on, that heaven is gonna hear. Come on, that my, my situation is not bigger than my God. My problem is not bigger than my God. Come on, make a sound. Make a sound, make a sound. Make a sound. the noise that is surrounding you be louder than the sound of heaven. There's a sound from heaven, watch this, uh, that is louder. There's a sound from heaven that is more powerful. There's a sound from heaven that is harmonious and is grabbing the heart of God and is changing our situation. I can't help to think I'm gonna I'm gonna close right here, closing my iPad. I heard this story years ago. And you've probably heard this story before. It's 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 all over. It's a story of Shouting John. Have you heard the story of Shouting John? But Shouting John came into a church on a Sunday morning. And this church, you couldn't speak in tongues in this church. You couldn't shout. You couldn't dance. Come on, you couldn't run in this church. So when the doors opened up, John ran in this church. The ushers got a hold of him. And he was dancing over here and he'd run over here and he would dance over here and the ushers would chase him over there. Then they sat him down and they tried to hold his feet and his hands would begin to go. And they held his hands and his feet would begin to go. Come on, he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. They couldn't hold shouting John. So the deacon board, oh, bless the deacon board. The deacon board got together and they said, something has got to be done about John. Don't John know that we don't dance like that? Don't John know that we don't shout like that? Don't John know that dignitaries come to our church? Something has got to be done about John. We're going to go to John's house. So they all get in their fancy cars, BMWs, Mercedes Benz, Jaguars, and a deacon rode up in a Volkswagen Beetle. He was happy about it, excited. Come on, they roll up, they drive up this long old driveway. Long driveway. And they see an old man walking behind an old mule. And John sees him coming up and he says, hold mule. And he walks over there to them. And he says, I know why you're here. You come to tell me I shout too much. You come to tell me I worship too much. You come to tell me I dance too much. One of the deacons said, John, you don't stop dancing in our church. If you don't stop worshiping in our church. And if you don't stop speaking in tongues in our church, we're going to kick you out of our church. John says, brother deacon, then kick me out. I can't hold my peace. He said, you see all that land that you just drove up on? 
God gave me all that land, but you don't want me to shout in your church. He said, look at my children. Not one time have I had to go to the doctor. Not one time have I had to go to the cemetery. Not one time have I had to stand in front of, of a judge. But you don't want me to dance in your church. He said, look at me. I'm 90 years old and I'm still able to walk behind that old mule and her harvest my own crops. But you don't want me to run in your church. Since you don't want me to run in your church, you you don't want me to shout in your church you don't want me to dance in your church then hold my mule cause I'm getting ready to shout right here hold my mule some of y'all need to say hold my mule because God has been too good for me to act like he ain't blessed me God has been too good for me to act like he ain't hold my mule hold my I'm getting ready to shout I'm getting ready your neighbor say hold my mule hold my mule because I'm about to shout come on we come to church if we won't when we won't I worship if I won't when I won't I'll give if I won't much I want but just imagine if God worked under those terms if I feel like waking you up I'll wake you up if I feel like putting breath in your body then I'll put breath in your body if I feel like doing something in your life I'll do it come on and we come into the house of God and act like he ain't blessed us we come into the house of God and act like we can't do nothing you can't lift your hand you can't shout you can't stop you can't run around come on I'm all done I got saved now I got saved come on preacher it don't take all of that it don't take all of that preacher you gotta do all of that I don't know about you, but when I was in the world, I got the drunkest, I got the highest, come on, party didn't start until I got into the room, I couldn't dance, but when I got some of that juice in me, come on, I'd cut a lot of rugs, I'd run around, act a fool, come on, for the devil, but now that Jesus Christ saved me, now that he redeemed me, restored my marriage, my kids are saved, If I did it for the world that was taking me straight to hell, how much more should I do it for a God that restored me? A God that healed my marriage. A God that brought my kids back. And now they're serving in our church. Come on, not my... I know, I know, I know this is just too too crazy. It's too crazy, but we get crazy at Disneyland. We get crazy with the Rams, with the Raiders. 
with the Lakers and Clippers. Come on, we get crazy. We lose our voice. Come on now. Amen. Come on, when the LA Galaxy scores a goal. Come on. But we come to the house of God and we can't get you to lift one hand. Come on, we can't get you to open your mouth and say amen. Come on, but you'll throw a party at your house. Come on, and you tell everybody, come on, we shout because we won. We're shouting. Baby, I'm here to let you know I am already an overcomer because of Christ inside of me. I'm going to give God glory. I'm going to give him praise because of who he is. Not only because of what he's done. Let me close. Did I say that already? I'm an evangelist. I get like five closings. This just means I'm working on an ending. My my apostle right here, our church, we do live illustrated dramas. You guys have probably heard this story before. I mean, but I share this everywhere I go. The problem is sometimes we become so immune to stuff that nothing moves us no more. We've been immune to it. We hear it so much that now it's just goes in one ear, goes out the other ear. We do this drama in our church called Hell Night. We've done it for 23, almost 24 years, I believe. Over 90,000 people have given their lives to the Lord. Amen. Come on. Come on. Yeah, you can give God praise for that. 17 years ago, we did an Easter drama entitled The Frame. And he was doing the altar call. People were getting up, getting saved. And he saw a young man sitting right over here to the side. And he said, you need to give your life to the Lord. And the young man said, I'm cool. I'm good. Pastor, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm all right. He comes back, finishes the altar call. People get saved. He felt compelled to go back to this young man. You really need to give your life to the Lord. And the young man says, I have my whole life to live. I'm young. I'm not ready for that preacher. Closes out the service. People got saved. We went home. Four weeks to the day. Saturday night. He was riding in the back seat of a car. The car was racing another car doing 85 miles per hour. Loses control of the, of the vehicle. Front tire hits the curb. Goes airborne. Flips in the air. He gets ejected out of the back window. Lands 25 feet away from the accident scene. With his body facing up, his face facing the ground. Died instantly. He woke up just like he woke up this morning. Not knowing that that day was the last day. Or would have been the last day of the rest of his life. He didn't go home. He didn't wake up that morning and say, well, this is my last day. Let me go make it right with my mom. Let me go make it right with my dad. Let me go make it right with God. No, no, no. Went on with his day. See, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Your life is but a vapor. It's here one second and it's gone the next. I share this story everywhere I go, everywhere, everywhere I, I, I minister at. I share this story. Why? Because it is so, so detrimental and it's so sad. But to my family and I, it's very, very heartfelt because that was my nephew. And he had just went to the prom, getting ready to graduate in a couple of weeks. Never saw it. See, my sister came to the church. She was coming to the church. She got offended and left the church. Left the church. And I often think about this. I said, okay, she got offended. But what if she would have made it right? What if she would have fixed whatever the offense was and made it right? I'm not 
judging or saying, you know, he might have been alive still. I don't know that. That's not up to me. I mean, I'm just saying, what if, even in her offense, watch this, because people leave church after church out of an offense. And if the devil can get you to be offended with your leader, if the devil can get you to offended with your brother and sister, then he's already got you. The thing is that we take our bags and we carry them to the next church and now we get offended there. Now we got bags from the last church. Now we got bags from this. We're offended a minute. We're moving to the next church now. And now offense has bit you. And you're wondering why it hasn't gotten no better. You're wondering why my family's going through hell. You know that the decisions that you make not only impact you, but impact your family. Come on, because they're watching you. They're watching how you live in Amen. Come on. They're watching how you handle your offense. People leave. I've been in ministry a long time. I've pastored a church. We had people come to us for the craziest, dumbest reasons. We had a family come to us, my wife and I, when we were passionate the Lee Summit Church. And we were going to paint the church. We were going to paint the bathrooms. And a couple came to us and said, we're leaving the church. I said, what happened? What's up? Well, we don't like the color that you picked for the bathroom walls. True story, true story, true story. And I said, what? So I said, may the Lord bless you. And don't let the door hit you where he split you. Watch this, watch this. Because right now, none of them are serving God. Him, his wife, his family, none of them are serving God right now. Because see, the cover-up was the walls. But the real root of it was offense. He was offended of something that didn't make it right. Come on. My question to you is this. In your offense, can you make it right? And if you did leave, did God tell you to leave? Because where God, where God plants you, that's where you'll flourish. You can't uproot yourself and plant yourself over here and expect your roots to grow deep because you continue uprooting yourself and moving yourself from church to church and from place to place because of an offense. Let me, let me, let me, let me get off of that one. Let me go back to the first part right quick. Watch this. My apostle is going to be very proud of me right here. The book of Revelations 21 verse 8 gives us a list of people that will not make heaven their home. The very last one on there is all liars. You can read it later on at home. Study it out. It says all liars. All liars will find their place in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Why do I tell you that? Why do I say that? Because I'm about to ask you a question. And in the midst of this question, your pride might not let you answer correctly. And you'll say, well, there's too many people here. I, I, I don't want nobody to know what I'm going through. Listen, my, my nephew woke up that morning not knowing that it was going to be the last day of his life. Not at all. Did not think about that. Here's my question to you. If you was to die right now, this moment, every ounce of breath leaves your body, would you make heaven your home? Would you spend eternity in heaven? Come on, will you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord, or will you hear, depart from me, for I never knew you, you work of iniquity. Because going to church don't make you a Christian. Listen to me, you can go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, revival after revival, conference after conference, and still not make heaven your home. Because it's about a relationship. 
going to church don't make you a Christian just like going in and out makes you a burger we might look like some double doubles it's about a relationship with Christ I want everybody to stand to your feet everybody stand to your feet everybody stand to your feet stand to your feet come on I'm going to have my wife come up we're getting ready to minister over some people I'm going to ask you a question again if you used to die right now would you make heaven your home would you spend eternity in heaven very sovereign but I've got you thinking right now I got you thinking I got you thinking I got you thinking I'm going to ask you this one more time right here if you was to die right now, listen to the instructions I'm about to give you. If, you. if you was to die right now, and you know without a shadow of a doubt, you know 100% that you'd make heaven your home. Listen to me. You know 100% that you'd make heaven your home. I want you to sit down. If you don't know, stay standing. Thank you for those honest hearts. I see people looking around like, let me see, did they sit down? Did they sit down? Come on, thank you for those honest hearts. But watch this, watch this. Because those that are sitting down are good Christians and hopefully no liars. For those of you that are still standing, I don't know why you don't know, but I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you, man. If you, you say, man, I, I, I want to be sure, I want you to get out of your seat and meet me at this altar. Come on, that's you. You say, man, I, I, I want to be sure. Come on, I want to be sure. Come, come meet me at this altar. Come on, come meet me at this altar. Yes, come on, all the way in the back, all the way in the back, come on. This is what it's about right here, come on. Yes, God. Come on. You guys move over this way so that way those that are coming back that way. There we go, ushers, they help us out there. There you go, come on. Yes, come on, as they come, as they come, as they come. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. Come on, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Listen, it is not about a prayer. It's not about a prayer. It's about a relationship. Come on, it is about a relationship. It's about a relationship with Christ. We're going to pray right now. All you that are here at this altar, look at me, look at me. We're going to pray. We're going to say this prayer. You're going to repeat this prayer with me. Amen. We're going to repeat this prayer. You're going to repeat this prayer with me. The Spirit of God is going to come inside your heart. He's going to forgive you of all of your sins. He's going to take your sins as far as east from the west. Throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. He'll never remember them again. Never remember them again. So we're going to pray. Amen. Come on. This is a family church. Amen. This is a family church. Come on. As I say this, we're all going to say this together with them. Come on. We're going to say it all together with them. Come on. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner in search of a Savior. I believe that you died and rose again for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Remove anything and everything that does not belong I want to live the rest of my life according to your word to do what you've called me to do and to be who you've called me to be 
I receive you now as Lord and Savior. Receive me as son and daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, the Bible says all heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Come on, there's a party going on in heaven right now. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray for every honest heart that came to this altar. Say they want to give their lives over to you. God, they are new creatures. God, in your word, it says that all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I pray newness upon them right now. I pray that you will surround them around men and women that will disciple, that will teach, that will impart your word into them. How to be men and women of God. We bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.